Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? I know, I know. I put in the topic with 10 things everyone should know. Everyone should know these 10 things about winter break in when you're living on campus, whether you're the parent, the student, the administrator, whoever you are. I'm just going to give you uh, 10 things that are highly important to know. Um, hi, Ellen and Levi, how are you? So I've been working for 32 years at Columbia University and it has not been easy. <laughs> but one of the things that constantly are asked um, <clears throat> that maybe some people who are new, who may have children going into college or people who were in college and, and was never told um, what, what resources are available or, you know, they just didn't know because they didn't bother to ask. But one of the first things that I wanna share with you is if you're a student, right? And you're living on campus, um, when you come back from the Thanksgiving holiday in the, in the United States, of course, um, so, so just a reminder for students who are international students, they, they really don't know what holidays are in the United States. So when you are international, but you're coming to the United States to learn or to live on campus, <clears throat> you should definitely find out if winter break is available to you to stay on campus. A lot of universities close for winter break and the holidays. So you need to really think about that if you're an international student. However, there's a lot of private schools that remain open because they are aware that there's a larger percentage of international students who live on campus. So they accommodate them where if you're getting a occupancy agreement for the entire academic year, you're actually paying for uh, the, I guess it's um, for the two terms, the fall and the spring. So that winter break session, which is usually a month or four weeks, uh, here are the things that I'm gonna let you know you should be aware of, whether you're gonna stay on campus or go back home. So <clears throat> when you come back from Thanksgiving, dinner, whether you went home or you just stayed at a friend's house, you come back to your dorm and you're like, oh man, there's no toilet paper. Oh man, this is messy. My room is messy because you just came from home and you know, your parents fed you and all of that. But we also need to keep in mind that there's a lot of people that don't have a family and so they don't really go anywhere. So they stay in the dorms. So we as administrators, deans, or resident hall directors, we take that in consideration that not one, not everyone celebrates U.S. holidays. Two, we need to make sure that they are good because once the Thanksgiving holiday is over, we have to start working on finals. So the pressure is on. So we need to be 
as administrators or support staff or anyone who works for university, we need to be extra sensitive, not to the point where, you know, <clears throat> we're not realizing when students are being, you know, kind of rude, but just extra sensitive to know as parents that they're going through a lot during this time. So don't pressure them on anything like, why didn't you call me? Or it's just a lot. It's a lot for students and that's okay. <clears throat> you want them to be pressured, right? <laughs> Cause you're paying a lot of money for them to learn. Um, so for the student, if you're coming back for Thanksgiving and depending on your classification at the time, and when I say classification, I mean, if you're sophomore, rising sophomore, if you're rising junior for the following year, or if you're graduating senior, you know, this is a time that you should, if you're graduating senior and this is the fall, this is the time where you should start really packing <laughs> a lot of stuff that you accumulated for four years to start getting rid of because what you want for the spring as a graduating senior in the spring, you want to be free of trying to catch up or trying to pack <clears throat> four years worth of stuff, you know, and books or anything. So <clears throat> whether you're a graduating senior or rising uh, junior, a rising sophomore, or even if you're first year, Start packing, when you come back from Thanksgiving, start packing, decluttering your room. This will help you during finals because the way it works for finals in the fall, if you are graduating or you're leaving early, um, like if you're not coming back for the spring, it is so important to know whether you have housing available or not. So, <clears throat> This is the time that you really want to take, even if you're coming back for the spring, this is the time that you want to pack, declutter, and take some time to prepare for finals. You want your room clear and clean, and really, really, you should be using your room to sleep. You should not be using your room to eat and study. You should not be using your room to eat study and hang out you your room rooms are not very big in new york city um i guess the biggest room may be 128 square feet which is not big but take the opportunity to pack and clean like if you're if you're gonna go home for winter break start packing your stuff before finals really seriously um don't give your parents a hard time about that and if you don't have parents you know make sure that as an independent person that um you keep that in mind you keep that in mind that if you're going to come back for the spring you want to come back to a clean room you don't want to rush everything you don't want to miss your flight you don't want to um expect the unexpected and you should always have a plan B because as we already know through COVID, everything is subject to change. <laughs> so we've had, it's so important to pack. If you, the reason why I say pack before you, um, 
conduct your finals is the following. If you're an international student and you have planned to leave, make sure that you have all of your documents with you, your passport, your J-1 visa, <clears throat> make sure everything is up to date. If you need anything notarized, find out where the nearest notarizer or public notary person is um, on campus. Make sure you do all of your bank accounts information. Let them know that you're going back home. Let uh, your resident hall advisor, resident hall director, let them know you're going home. Um, the university is responsible for your safety. So while you're on campus, um, it's not that they want to be nosy or they want to be <clears throat> aware of what you're doing, but we do have a responsibility to know where your whereabouts are. So it doesn't look good that if something, God forbid, happens on your way home that, you know, nobody knows where you're at. You know, so if you are not going home and you're going somewhere else, please let somebody know, whether that be your roommate or anyone in the administrative uh, uh, person in, in the university. Um, or even your roommate, you know, let people know where you are, um, especially your parents, let your parents know where they are. So this way they don't worry. Um, so pack and clean before your finals is so important because you want to have a clear mind so that you can study carefully and that you can, you know, hit those exams with uh, a clear mind and, and, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So that's number one. Number two, with the pack and clean before finals, um, number two, I, I labeled it cleanse, clear the clutter, and meditate. So make sure that you leave your room. Like if you come back from Thanksgiving holidays or even if you were there, make sure you take this time off to cleanse. Uh, I know a lot of people don't believe in feng shui or they don't believe, but having a clear path between your window and your door is so important. Having everything removed away from your bed where you're just using your bed to sleep is so important. If you have uh, registered with disability services within campus, make sure that you are accommodated correctly because sleeping is the number one lack of sleep is pretty much the number one um, cause of not fulfilling your finals with the grades that you want you know so sleep is so important and a lot of students spend countless hours during finals at the library um, at student study groups study break uh, groups. So, you know, as parents, please make sure that this is something that you are aware that this is something that happens and it's normal, but also have communication with your student to make sure that they're at least contacting you, not so much every hour on the hour, but that they're contacting you, you know, you're having communications with them about where they're at during their study time.
Um, you don't want to overdo it as a parent, but also you want to make sure they are okay. Um, a lot of things can happen between the Thanksgiving holiday and through Christmas, which is around the finals um, for a fall semester, which is how we do it in the United States. So please make sure you declutter, you remove all of the negative energy around you, whether that be floor mates, roommates, or classmates. Make sure that you cleanse, meditate, wh whatever works for you, whether that be listening to music, whether that be um, just running every morning, um, continue doing those things that you are aware that helps you. And as a parent, please make sure that you have already done this with your student. And if you see something changing, that, you know, you have a conversation with them to find out what's going on. Leave finals behind and rewind <laughs> is number three. So, you know, I've noticed that when students come back um, from home, their expectations of, of what conditions to live in is different, right? Because when they're home, everything is done for them. <laughs> Not all students, but the majority, everything is done for them. So make sure that if you're that parent that does everything for your student, um, and they come back and <laughs> it's like, why do I live in this shitty dorm? Or why is my dorm like this? Or, oh, you know, sometimes students will find every excuse and will not say what the real problem is. So leave finals behind and rewind just means um, let's not use what's really happening in our lives as an excuse for failing or not fulfilling the grades that we actually deserve, right? If you were partying and you were just enjoying yourself and you ended up with just passing grades, take accountability and do better next semester. You know, your professors, your deans and your advisors will be contacting you. However, it is your responsibility that if you really require extra help, which it would be um, later on, I will talk about that. Um, make sure you know where the help is available. You know, but don't don't use you having bed bugs as an excuse for failing your grades because accommodations can be made immediately, and the university has to make every effort to make sure that that's taken care of ASAP, okay? Um, and that was just an example. I wasn't saying that this is what happens. <laughs> I'm just giving an example of what students will use as an excuse, whether that be roommate issues or the noise outside or the lighting is too fluorescent. Um, but really the issue is something else. Um, we'll leave those those issues to the professionals who would understand what that is and make sure that you as a student, you know that professional help is available and all you have to do is make a phone call. Number four, always remember your goals and your purpose. 
sometimes things can be um, different and sometimes things happen. You know, there could be a fire, there could be a, a, a flood, there could be a power outage, anything can happen. But never forget the purpose of you attending this specific college, your goals and the purpose that you decided you wanna be there. If you are in a situation where you had no, like, uh, like you didn't agree to it, or this is something that was just, to you were told to do, um, just remember, remember what the intention is for you being there and the purpose. So if you're, I don't believe anyone is forced to go to college, which it has happened. Um, but as a parent, we also need to be uh, mindful about that. Like, is my student really there and are they happy? Will they be able to fulfill their goal and their purpose for being there? Because if you're pushing your student to do something that they really don't want to do, um, just think about that. Think about why that is, what's the alternative, and how you can make it better while they're there. Because I've seen it. I've seen it where you clearly can tell the student is just not happy and they're just going with the flow. And it's whatever, you know, and it shouldn't be like that. College should be not only a place for you to learn how to think critically, logically, and learn history as is, but it should be also a place where you're going to, from the time you're 18 or 17, in most cases 16, till you fulfill the four years that you're needed, you're also learning how to socialize, how to understand the society that you live in and understand the systems and how they work. So <clears throat> it is crucial that as parents, we don't push our kids to do something they don't wanna do. But as we want to do this as a student, always remember your goals and your purpose. Don't let anything else, don't let the parties, don't let the, the influential people come in and disrupt that and it could be very easily done um, just because so number five don't ask to judge but ask to help and the reason I say that is because some people who end up with roommates that they particularly may not have wanted to end up with and then they realize, man, you know, I don't know anything about my roommate. <laughs> We've been living together and all we know is our schedules and that's it. So ask questions. Ask if they don't celebrate the holidays from you, ask them why. Um, you know, but don't ask so that you can judge them and say, aha, I knew it. You know, you're asking because you want to help. You want to help yourself to understand why that is, and you want to help them understand why you think the way you think, you know? Um, that is the purpose of assigning people from two different places 
even within the United States. I could be from New York, my roommate could, my roommate could be from New Jersey. And how we think and see things can be totally different, even though we're in the same country. And we all know that. We can live in New York. One person could live in the Riverdale part of the Bronx, and the other person can live in the hood of the Bronx. And we will know that even though we're in the Bronx, <laughs> we can grow up living very different lives. So don't ask to judge, you ask to help. That's number five. And that includes, you know, not just roommate situations. That includes, you know, don't just hang around with the same people all the time. Hang around with other groups. Hang around with people that you kind of feel uncomfortable being around with, you know? And that's okay. A lot of students come in with great intentions to be open-minded and somehow, some way they just have this already pre-notion of how that person is gonna be. And when you really get to know them, you're like, wow, she's from the hood? <laughs> wow, okay. She knows a lot. <laughs> so don't don't judge people based on, and, and, I, and I'm not saying this is what happens, I'm just saying, um, for the purpose of this conversation here on wisdom, because I want other people to know how uh, working for university, um, you know, it's like I do a lot of traveling. And when I tell people, they people will know where I'm from because of my accent. You know, when I say water or dog, you know, they're like, oh, you're from Brooklyn or you're from New York. And I just laugh because I'm like, yeah, I am. How did you know? Oh, your accent. <laughs> Like, what? I have an accent. What do you mean? <laughs> so I think that's hilarious. And I wish I was uh, doing this through my iPad so I can see, um, so that I can see uh, who's clapping or laughing at, at this comment right now. <laughs> but yeah, I get that a lot when I travel. Um, because they look at me confused. Like, they can't tell if I'm Latina. They can't tell if I'm a mixed person or... They really can't tell um, until I say water or dog. <laughs> Number six, there is help. So don't be afraid to ask. So when you come back from the Thanksgiving holiday and, you know, you're not sure what's going on, uh, you just, you know, go with the flow and, Usually parents are the one doing all the questioning and finding the answers for you. But you should really have conversations with other people because you never know what you're going to learn. So if you're having um, issues really on studying a particular course, or book or something just just does not resonate with you at all don't be afraid to ask for help i've i've noticed a lot of students who may have never even knew known sorry that there was really help for them and let me see because i, I want to make sure i get everything in 
Okay. So yeah, so for example, um, let's say you may not have the money to go back home, right? During the Thanksgiving holiday. And let's say you may not have the money to go back home for winter break. So again, not many universities are open during the winter break. If that is the case, you can ask for help. You should be able to find out from your financial aid advisor that if let's say the dorms are open, right? But the dining hall is not, find out how will they compensate you for where you're gonna go eat if you're living in a dorm with no kitchen, right? So make sure that all of, as a matter of fact, you should be asking these questions before you actually get admitted. Some, some people, some universities do give the information, but it's so much information when you first get there that you really don't grasp what's happening until it happens, right? So again, if the university closes, right? during the winter break and there are all the dorms are closed and everything is closed you can you should really have uh the university should really have a plan for you on how to save money right so that was either built in within your financial aid packet how to do that because if you really can't afford to go back home because flights are up um, and you shouldn't be um, penalized as a student not to be able to study somewhere because you have to be there physically, you should not be penalized for that. Um, so please make sure that you ask your financial aid advisor, your um, anyone uh, for help, with, whether that be, well, how do I pay for this? and because you're at a you're at a university and you're gonna need to learn, right? Uh, part of being on campus and living on campus is because you're learning, right? How to become an adult. <laughs> so make sure you ask. And not only do you ask um, uh, for financial assistance, uh, we actually have a pantry at the university where I work for because we do have very low, low income uh, students who are there through scholarships or financial aid grants. Um, so it is so important for everyone to not assume that just because a student is in the Ivy League school, that they're rich and wealthy. No, they're not. So the pantry uh, was created for students who aren't able to go home and their dorm is open, but they don't really have the financial um, funding for them to eat. So yeah, so we do have a pantry in our university and I think there should be one in every university since they made it a business and not an educational center, which is weird, but uh, it's the United States. So please don't be afraid to ask. There's no embarrassment in asking someone for food or lodging. It is what it is. 
and that's the saddest thing about being in the United States where you get accepted to an Ivy League school because you're very smart, you're very intelligent, you have something to offer to the university, and the university is not able to feed you, you know, because in most cases, it is all about money, right, at the end of the day. So please do not be afraid to ask um, for any help, whether that be student uh, uh, tutoring or how to do study break, how to even study. Don't be afraid to ask. Make sure you uh, just ask anyone. You can even ask. Sometimes the, the security guards are aware and if they're not aware because they communicate and have conversations with professors, they have conversations with um, administrators who may have the answers, you know? So, you know, it doesn't have to be a big personal thing, but if you don't feel comfortable asking an administrator because you think your question is out of the blue like crazy, no, no question is crazy. You are paying to be there, whether it's you or someone else. Especially if, if you're getting a scholarship and a grant, you should be asking what's available for you. you know? Number seven, quote unquote friends should be supporting each other and not demanding the friendship. And I say that because um, I think it's, I think it's uh, funny, but not funny how students request to live with each other um, by the springtime of their sophomore year, but by their junior year, that academic fall term, they're not really good friends anymore. <laughs> so I don't know what happens in the culture with roommates and friends. and But one thing is for sure that I would say, again, I'm not a professional. I'm not a dean. I'm not an advisor. I'm just a support staff who has witnessed these incidents in the 32 years that I've worked there. And I've seen it over and over again. Oh, I, I really want to live with my friend. And how can we live together? And we want to live together. And we want to live together. And four weeks in, it's, <laughs> I need to move out. You know, it's like the request to move out. And it's, um, hmm, what happened to that friendship that you, you know? So I think if you are a student, understand that everybody has boundaries. Everybody has their own goals. Everybody has their own thing going on. So don't take it personal. Do not take it personal when what you consider to be a friend is now three, four weeks in, not even talking to you. <laughs> it's just um, some people, and it's like they say, you don't really know the person until you start living with them, right? So just because you hanged out in, in high school, you really weren't living with them. You just hanged out with them for that little bit of hours. And the same thing, in college, once you start living with someone, you really get to see who they are. And sometimes you just have to accept people for how they are. You have to accept their manners, their culture, whatever that may be. But don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. There's always help. 
if you're having roommate friends issue, there's really a, a place for you to, um, you know, get help. You know, um, you shouldn't be demanding your friend to be your friend. You know, you should be focusing on your studies and focusing on your goals. But if if the situation is where you see that your friend is going through something, don't demand um, to help right away. Just make sure that they are okay. You know, make sure that if you decide to leave, that you at least have a conversation with them. You know, hey, you know, I noticed that you're very different. You're quiet. Is there anything I can do for you? Like, do you want me to not come in so late? Am I messy? Like, we can work this out. Just let me know. But otherwise, you know, I will go ahead and, you know, request a transfer. You know, we have places to go to handle this. How would you like to address it? And that's it. You know, have the adult conversation with your roommate or your friend because they could be going through something that you just really think it's you and it has nothing to do with you or vice versa, you know? So just ask, don't assume. And if it gets really bad, you know, there is hope. You should not be jumping the gun to leave the campus. <laughs> um, you know, because at the end of the day, there are people who support you. There are people who are will be there for you if you need um, just to talk to, you know? Sometimes that's all it is. And, and I've seen it because they've come to my office where we're not the professionals to handle those things, but all they really want is someone to just listen, you know? And they'll ask, hey, how do I move out? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean how do you move out? It's like the third week. What's going on? You know, and you give them the resources that um, are available even on the website because we're not professionals to do anything else other than that. And you talk to them and you say, you know, listen, you really want to think about this over, but here are the resources that are available because it could just be that moment, you know, that one time. And then it will be sad if everything goes back to normal, like your friends and we just going to live together. And that's all it was, you know, maybe just going to live with the person. And that's fine. So quote unquote friends, that's number seven, should be supporting each other, but not demanding their friendship. Number eight, begin a list of your plans for the upcoming academic year. Don't wait for tomorrow what you can do today. So what that means is if you're, uh, let's say you're a sophomore today, right? If you're a sophomore, you should already know what you're doing your senior year by then. And I know that may seem crazy to some people, but I know people who are in high school who already planned their four years and already have a job waiting for them, all they really need to do is complete their four years. So that may sound crazy to some people, but that's the reality of 
you know, working at a university. From my experience, I know uh, people who were born today, it's already been planned what they're going to do for the rest of their life, whether that be legacy um, terms or whether that be a student who someone is an arranged marriage, whatever it is that there's people already when their child is born, they already know what they're going to do with them. Um, by the time they turn 16 to go to college or 17, that's already written in stone. And for some, we call that uh, generational wealth. For others, we call that, you know, uh, the business of, you know, someone's business. <laughs> so some of these parents, you know, they have a business and they have children to fulfill the legacy of that business. So that's that. So for those of us who are not that fortunate enough to be born with a silver spoon, um, begin a list of your plans for the upcoming academic year. Find out everything you need to know about the professors for the courses that will be required for you. Find out which students, um, because that's weird now that they have like a rating scale for professors. <laughs> I think that's brilliant if you ask me. But you don't want a professor that's easy, right? You want a professor that's really going to challenge you based on the course study, right? So be very careful with how you um, look at those ratings. Um, you should already by your sophomore year have your exit plan. You should know already by now where you're going to live, if you're going to go back home, if you're going to go to uh, pursue your master degree, if you're going to, because otherwise, if you're not doing that on your sophomore year, um, you're pretty much just going to school to go with the flow and hey, whatever. And that's okay too, because some people are smart enough to do that. And then some people just may not know. They just may not know that. Um, in many cases, it's the parents that won't know, but the students are like eager. They already know. They just know what courses and what they're going to do and how they're going to um, execute those goals. And they know they're going to know what their plans are when they graduate. But for those students that I've observed changing their degrees, their major, um, that helps too sometimes. That really helps also. So, you know, it's okay to change a major based on how you feel that year. But you better have a good plan on how you want to pursue and what you're going to do, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, um, the whole purpose of going to get a degree, right, is because you want either a career or you're going to be working, right? So number eight is begin a list of your plans for the upcoming academic year. And don't wait for tomorrow what you can do today. So every university is supposed to have a career center. Make an appointment while you're on break. Make an appointment, ask them for help, ask them what, what does it look like to do it through there. 
what um, companies are looking for people based on your major, major or degree. Um, find out where um, you can do a fifth term to go into grad school right away. Find out where that is, whether that be engineering or just basic, you know, um, depending on your major. So uh, find out from the Career Center. If you're in a university and you're a parent or a student and you're not aware of the Career Center, that there is a Career Center, find out where the local state uh, university Career Center is because there is supposed to be one. Um, every university, especially if you're paying what you're paying to go there, should have a Career Center. It's just, I, I, I would hate to hear that that's not the case. But if that is not the case, um, then you may not want to be going to that university. Um, because the objective is, ultimately, that once you get a degree, you're going to get um, a job, right? Um, because if you don't get a job, then ouch. How are you supposed to pay those loans or how are you supposed to survive and live? So make sure that you just start that list. And if you have a list, grade yourself of grade yourself to identify where you are on that list. Where am I exactly on this list? Did I go to the career center? Check. Do I know what I want to do when I leave? Check. Do I... Um, how am I going to budget myself to repay or pay uh, these outstanding loans? Or if everything is paid, how am I going to now start saving or investing? And if you're investing already, how does that look? What does that look like later on? So just write a list and don't wait tomorrow what you can do today, please. I know a lot of people who are procrastinators. I'm one of them. Hey. <laughs> Hi, procrastinators. How are you? I'm one of them, but uh, luckily for me, I have people in my life who push me, which are my daughters, and my uh, significant other, the icon. They push me. They push me every day to like fulfill, I don't know, some somehow, just like they don't want, they feel like they don't want to disappoint me. I don't want to disappoint anybody. <laughs> else especially the people who follow me on my podcast i really um look forward to writing a list i write a list every day on my plans and when i don't execute and complete that goal i do get disappointed on my own on myself so don't get disappointed don't disappoint yourself just go ahead write the list and if you have the list, make sure that you check that stuff and then rewrite the list, prioritize it, and get it done. Get it done, you know? Number nine, just because it's winter break, it doesn't mean you're done. <laughs> so, yeah, so I notice a lot of people who are really intelligent, smart, they stay on campus. They stay on campus on winter break instead of either going on trips with their family or like a lot of people don't celebrate Christmas 
So I noticed that a lot of international students, they take this opportunity to probably take um, courses, condensed courses, which is crazy to me because whew, you have to be like really smart <laughs> to do that kind of stuff. And it works for some because what happens when you do that, if you condense it, and I think a lot of colleges are noticing this. So, so the requirements for many colleges is that you are required to do four years, but some students will condense it where they will take summer courses and winter break courses so that they could finish earlier so that their tuition is not more money. And that makes sense. So I noticed that, yeah, some students will take one course during the winter break or two so that they're following uh, the spring semester, they can take less uh, courses and it's less stressful. Again, I'm not an advising dean, I'm not an advisor, but if I was a student and I was told that I can do that, that's what I would do just so that I'm not stressing myself out on spring session or term, I'm going crazy, you know, trying to do four classes of four credits each. That's a lot. And I've known students who do more than that per term, just because they want to finish early um, and not have to pay the full. I mean, you still end up paying the full amount, but you graduate earlier and you can extend and execute your degree and making sure that you find a job quicker, you know, that relates to what you've learned. Um, because I don't know how they do it today with the labor department, but man, some of these majors are just very difficult to find positions, right? But I'm not in that field. So I'm in the field of giving out resources and that's it. And I'm in the field of giving you my experience of 32 years working at university and what I observed from students um, who live there. So that was number nine. Just because it's winter break, it doesn't mean you're done. So, you know, clean up, pack up, um, start thinking about the coats and all that stuff that you're going to send back home if you need to and start getting your shorts or whatever. Even though in New York City, April and May is still kind of cold. <laughs> so you still need a winter jacket, you know, like a spring jacket, raincoats and stuff like that. But start reorganizing your room to show more probably of the winter, winter stuff because of February and January, that's when it starts snowing and it starts getting crazy. So start putting those things out. Don't leave it for last minute. Um, and really focus on what you want to do later on um, for the term for the spring. If you make plans for spring break, um, try to find out if you can work somewhere in a department and get some little bit of money, you know, to fulfill like, with your graduation, the money you're going to spend on your commencement. You know, there's jobs opportunity within every college. 
So who knows? You're a work study. You never know if you work a winter break in a department and you get hired. Um, and if you get hired full time, like a full time employee, after you graduate, you can use the benefits for grad school. You know, that's helpful. I've seen students do that. And it's amazing because many students, um, you know, some colleges will have like a restriction or within the tuition, free tuition, what they call free tuition, if you work there, but they expect you to do two terms, two years before you get that benefit. Or if you get the benefit right away, they expect you to at least stay for two years. So depending on where you're going to as an undergraduate, find out, find out if you apply for a position there after you graduate, you know, will they compensate for your master degree? That, that would, that's awesome. You don't have to pay for that. And that can pay for your loans for your undergraduate degree. And number 10, last but not least, depending on your status with the university, start planning your exit with the university. Conduct a pros and cons list of what you've learned, how to apply it in today's environment, and how will you apply it post-graduating. So yeah, I mean, that's just basically that. <laughs> I think I spoke a little bit about that. But um, yeah, so like, again, if you're a first year um, and you're a political science major, find out how, how presidency work. You never know if you're gonna be president. And, and really execute what you're learning. Like, I don't see that anymore. I used to see that in the 90s. Like I used to see student groups out there protesting or and maybe there's protests, I guess it's done differently today. Like hashtag, I don't know. I don't consider that real protesting, but maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Whatever this generation is doing, I don't see it. <laughs> and that should, I should be seeing it. I do know that this generation has a voice. They do because I've when when they voice their um, demands, I see I see it changing. Um, one of the demands was to change the whole curriculum. <laughs> Mind you, this curriculum is more than two hundred and fifty years old. Can you imagine the nerve of this generation to ask to change the curriculum of an Ivy League school? But yeah, that's changing. That's amazing to me. So yeah, this generation, they got it going on. For those of you who are young, thank you so much for sharing your voice of what did, doesn't work and how you want to make a change. And for those of you who are older like myself, you know, don't don't take it personal. Don't take it personal that this generation wants to see something different. You know? Stand your ground, do what's traditional to you. Um, you know, you know you haven't hurt anyone, or at least you didn't intentionally hurt anyone with the social construct and indoctrination that we've been um born into. 
And our children, you know, are, are they're learning that. They're learning that everything that's happening in today's world is really not our fault. It's somebody else's, but it's not ours. It's definitely not mine. <laughs> um, because we were just complying and doing what we were told to do, right? So who are those that tell us what to do? Those are the ones that are responsible. And I'll leave it at that. So what are the pros of you going to this university? Write a list. What did you learn? Really, truly, what did you learn? Because you cannot graduate from an Ivy League school and not know how to write a check or even know what a check is. <laughs> oh, man, this, this generation cracks me up. But um, you should know about credit. You should know already how the system works and for who. And what are the cons? What didn't you learn that now you learned? So now that you graduate and you have, uh, let's say, $200,000 loan to pay back, you learned that you're not going to get loans anymore for until you pay those. You learned that you have to really pay taxes. <laughs> That any money you make, a percentage goes into taxes. You learn that, you know, and I'm not saying this is every student. Some students know that because their parents were diligent enough to teach them that. And their parents worked hard for them to have those opportunities. So they didn't have to worry about that. But as a parent and you did everything for them, including paying for their tuition and their college, did you teach them anything about life? And, and how to pay bills, and no, you didn't. So as a student, do your pros and cons of what you learned thus far for academic year 21-22. What have you learned? What have you learned so far? Actually, 22 and 23, sorry, because it's this fall and spring. What have you learned? Did you get anything out of those classes? From the courses that you took and passed, what did you pass? Can you apply that to your current daily life? Can you apply that to your finances today? Can you apply what you learn within political science? Can you apply that today? Can you create a bill? Can you force a bill? Can you, did you learn how to lobby for a change in a bill? Apply, apply, apply everything and every course that you take every year. And you can use the winter break to do that. Man, I took these courses. Why? Why did I take these courses? What did I learn from it? How can I apply that to today? How can I apply it to my breakfast? How can I apply it to my morning? How can I apply that to my Amazon account? Whatever. How do you apply it? Because if you can't do that, in my opinion, you wasted a whole four years. Because there's no way that you went and took four years of political science major and you cannot, you don't even know how to like run for office as a city council or president. Like that's crazy to me. 
um, I know there's more to political science than just that, because you also have public administration and stuff like that. But in many of these instances or majors, you don't really need a master's. And if you do, that's fine. I get it. That's just how the social construct works because, you know, you can't have everybody with a BA running the world, right? But there are people who run the world today with no degree. So, hmm. and some of them buy it, some of them are legacy. So it's not much that they really know, it's just who they know. <laughs> so number one, I'm about to wrap it up. So number one, pack and clean before your finals. Um, for those of you who are just walking in, you know, I think I started this maybe 40 minutes ago. But yeah, number one, pack and clean before finals. Number two, cleanse and clear the clutter and meditate. Number three, leave finals behind and rewind. That's just what that is. Number four, always remember your goals and your purpose. Do, don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget why you came in to university. And even if you have like somebody else, like um, if you come from another country and your purpose was to learn how the United States functions and why it functions, please don't go back to your country <laughs> with the shenanigans. Use it and apply it of how you can make your country better or your community, your immediate community better and provide them the resources that you learn and gained to still sustain your culture and your tradition, but not change it to make it an American tradition. Because there's nothing worse than students coming from international world to learn the American way, and then they go back to their country. And I'm gonna give you an example. Like right now, the Dominican Republic has no Dominican food in any of the resource uh, resorts. And if they do, it's because it's by popular demand within the guests that arrive there. There's nothing worse than going to the Dominican Republic <laughs> to a resort and I'm eating American food. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to me. No, I don't want pancakes in Dominican Republic. And no, I don't want cornflakes in Dominican Republic. I don't want cereal. I don't want, uh, ugh. <laughs> I want my mangu with my salami and my onions. That's what I want. I want my yuca. But anyway, enough about that. I'm not criticizing America. I'm just letting you know what I, observe, I have observed in the 32 years. Uh, and that was number four, always remember your goals and purpose. Number five, don't ask to judge, ask to help. And that's also self-explanatory. Don't ask people their information or this to, to judge them based on their responses. You're asking because you want to help. You really want and genuinely want to help. You know? A lot of times people do that. They'll ask certain things about you and then, mm, oh, 
you're you're not this you're not that oh okay and then in their mind they're like oh damn like don't do that if you're gonna ask genuinely about anything whether how they're doing or whatever is because you really genuinely want to help not to judge number six there is help and don't forget to ask so same time if if you feel like you're stuck whether that be fi- through finances through a study of of a course or or an exam don't be afraid to ask go out there ask your resident hall your resident advisor if they don't know ask your resident hall director if they don't know go ask your dean if they don't know and can't help you go ask your assistant dean or whoever but there is help. There's supposed to be help. If you're paying $100,000, and this is just a number out there, this is not really what, I mean, in most cases it is, a year to attend a school and they don't have help, <laughs> then those other miscellaneous fees on your bill on your tuition bill or those facilities fees and all that other stuff should be deducted and should be reimbursed because i get hurt when i see a bill and a student is crying in my office because they need help so please do not even if you're a parent and you're having a conversation with your student And they're like, I'm really stuck on this. I'm really, I can't get this for the life of me. I just can't get it. Let them know that they should be contacting somebody, whether that be their roommate, their suite mates, somebody on that floor knows something that your child does not know. Your student doesn't know. So make sure that um, you get that, you get that help. And if in the case, which I have mentioned, where the school is closed for winter break, make sure that you have the funds. And if you don't have the funds to live somewhere, what are you supposed to do? Be homeless? No, that is not what a university is for. University is not for you to be homeless. That is unacceptable if that's the case. That is not acceptable. So you make sure you ask, well, where am I supposed to live? if you're closing because I'm not going to pay a thousand dollars to go back to this country or to China, whatever, because it probably will be cheaper for you to just stay somewhere for a month within the state that you're living in. Right. Cause again, not everybody's rich, <laughs> not everybody's wealthy that goes to these schools. They're under scholarships and loans. So don't be afraid to ask. And there is help. Uh, what was another thing about that? Don't be afraid to ask. Oh, if there if the dining halls are closed during this time, but the dorms are open, make sure you ask where you're gonna get your food. So if you had like let's say dining dollars or meal a meal plan, the university is obligated to compensate for your food. So they eat they may either switch it around to give you the cash back 
or whatever they call like, you know, flex money to go somewhere else to purchase your food, or there should be a pantry within the uh, campus that should be available and open to you while you're there. So if the pantry is going to be closed during the winter break, everything is going to be closed during the winter break. That was a conversation that you should have had in the beginning before you got admitted or after you got admitted and you decided to live there. You have to ask these questions because um, I've seen it. I've seen it before where students are not aware that they're going to close the dorms and you're like, oh, where am I going to get this next $350 to go back home? And that's one way. <laughs> especially during the holidays. You know how expensive it is to, to travel during December? It's very expensive. So number six, there is help. Don't be afraid to ask. Number seven, quote unquote, friends should be supporting each other, not demanding the friendship. Spoke about that. Um, when I say friends, you know, it could be that you're friends with a roommate. It could be a floor mate or just friends where you're living two different buildings and you're just not getting the support that you need don't be afraid to ask and if you're going to ask don't judge just be there to help but if something switches really quick just say you know whatever it is that you're going through i'm here for you um just let me know when you're ready to talk don't demand answers don't demand anything they will come around. Number eight, begin a list of your plans for the upcoming academic year. And don't wait for tomorrow what you can do today. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Number nine, just because it's winter break, it doesn't mean you're done. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> so instead of focusing on like the little oh, what am I going to give for a gift? Or what am I going to wear for this holiday party? And, you know, think about other things. Where am I going to be in, in five years? What am I going to be doing? I don't know. How much money do I think I'm going to be making? Or do I really want to live in this society? Or do I want to get off the grid? Like those things. I think that's more important than your ugly sweater events. Because that's easy. The ugly sweater event, you just go to Amazon, ugly sweater, click, deliver, got my sweater. That's easy, right? But that other stuff, the real life stuff, <laughs> that's not easy. So number nine, just because it's winter break, it does not mean it's over. Or it does not mean you're done. And number 10, last but not least, depending on your status with the university or college, start planning your exit with the university or college. Conduct your pros and cons list of what you've learned and how do you apply it in today's environment and how will you apply it post-graduating? That's pretty, that's pretty much it. Like, I already went through that one about, you know, what did I learn through each course and how can I execute that in the real world? What did I what didn't I learn <laughs> in the four years or thus far that I should have been learning? Because outside of your um, curriculum and your syllabus for each course, 
make sure that you you find the contradictory information based on what you learn. You know, make sure you dig deep, and I'm sure that's what they do. But make sure you actually ask questions to people. Like, for example, if you're learning something about the 80s crack era in New York City, you're only learning it based on who wrote the book, right? Or the professor who wrote the book. But can you really ask Salty Coffee what really happened? Yeah, you can ask me what really happened in Washington Heights. Because it wasn't in the Heights uh, play. <laughs> it didn't happen like that. It wasn't that beautiful. And, um, you know, drama. <laughs> um, the 80s in New York City uh, crack era was horrible. Horrible. I mean, you can't even describe it in a book. And I would love to know what students are being taught about that. Because another perfect example, September 11. When I go to the museum, it's nothing. <laughs> nothing of what happened that day for those that experienced it. You can look at the pictures of the woman with all the dust and the, the men and the you can look at the plane, but it's nothing. You cannot describe it, the feeling, the fear of what was going on. You just can't. There's no book in this world <laughs> that can describe. Unless the book was written by somebody who was in the building, right? And, and, and died. I mean, that would be ideal, right? But they can't. But it's coming through the 911 report based on what you are or should be told and not told. And it's strictly that. So what you're learning in college today, pretty much, I'm 52. I've been working at this university for 32. So I'm assuming with the changes of the core curriculum that the student body today is requesting, I can just imagine that most of the history put in, in the curriculum today is pretty much what's happened within the last 50 years of my existence. Here I am 52 years later, and I can tell you exactly what has happened in New York City from 1970 to 2022. So you can go ahead and pay, you know, your $100,000 um, to learn, you know, how the system was created and how the system worked and who resisted it and who was the, the mean ones and the responsible ones. Yeah, you, you can do that. But at the end of the day, it wasn't meant for real people to tell the real story, you know? Because you can just, you just can't put it in writing. And in many cases, the, the person in the hood doesn't have the right to express their feelings, right? Because they're just that little salty coffee podcast from the Bronx. <laughs> she doesn't have a million followers. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious, but it is what it is, so. I don't come here to give my professional advice. I don't come here to give, uh, to charge for the 
from my talks. I'm just here to give you the wisdom that I've experienced in my 52 years of life and 32 of those from working at a university. That's really what I'm here for. So with that said, I just hope um, if you just coming in late, that you have the opportunity and time to go back to listen to this full episode and the other episodes that I've been giving, in my opinion, you know, like common sense stuff. Some of you who have the wisdom already know that this stuff is happening. And for those of you who don't know, who may have a student or, you know, like if you already been to college like years ago, it's not the same. And I can tell you in the 32 years that I work where I work at, things, although curriculum wise, things stay the same and systemically things stay the same. Um, a lot of, a lot of it has changed and it's evolved to technology, through technology, through the new student body that comes in. Like this new student body post-COVID is totally different than the one that came in 2019, in 2019. So, you know, um, I'm just hoping that even if I was here for an hour and I just gave you 10 things from my opinion that I think is important for people to know with students or if you yourself, you're a student, don't be so hard on yourself, but make sure you take responsibility for your actions. If you fail the course, try to make it better. What did I do this semester that was different? Did I hang out too much? Did I not sleep enough? Did I put too much on my plate? Just be, be good to yourself. And if you can't handle something, there is help, ask for it. Um, if you decide that, hey, you know, this is not gonna work for me, don't give up too easily. Make sure you ask questions, make sure you have a conversation with your parents, your guidance, uh, your guide, your guardians, whoever it is that's assisting you and supporting you. And if you do not have any support at all, um, Try to find it somewhere within yourself because I think those people who don't really have the support of people understanding how you are, are usually the stronger ones that make it happen. You know, um, think about you've come this far all the way to college and you've done it all by yourself. So just, just know that you're not alone. That is for sure. And know that there are people, even though that you don't know, that really care about you and that truly, genuinely want the best for you. Because here you are with no support. I've been there. So I know what I'm talking about. I have been there. Just know that you're gonna make it happen. And you're gonna, you're gonna look back 20 years back later on 20 years later and you know my man salty coffee was right <laughs> um 
you pick and, and select the people in your life carefully when you have no support right now with what you're going through. But if you do have the support, be so grateful because that does not come to many people. Sometimes there are people that never have it from day one. And it's not even their fault. But know that there are people out there fighting for you to make things better. Like, okay, having a pantry at a college. Hello. Because there are people paying attention. And there are people out there who really, really are working for you to make it better for you. And be grateful. Be grateful that you do have support if you have it and identify who those people are and thank them every day. I mean, you don't have to be like, thank you, thank you, you know, not like that, but you know what I mean? Like, let them know how they make you feel, that they're there to support you. Acknowledge that. Well, it is Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, anyone? <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by. For those of you who just walked in, um, Nancy, the energy lady. Thank you. The great lady, Michelle. Wondering Fool, Robert Prash, Cecilia Grace, Mr. Ronald Smith himself, my significant other, my loved one. I love you. Thank you for hanging in there. Brandy Schmidt, the Quam McKnight, Chris Wilson. Um, someone has a name of removed 615 and the phone number. I don't know about that. Wow. Michael J. M.T. Stevenson, Ryan Dallas. Empress, how are you? Thank you for stopping by. Daryl, Hakeem, how are you? Haven't seen you in a while. I know I haven't been on here a while, but ah, I'm going through my emotions this time around. It's not easy for me. Lois Hampson, thank you. Todd Martin, Noble Ron, thank you so much. Jessica Rowe, Ismael, Dr. Robert James, how are you? I'm so glad you're here. Um, someone has their website, but it's too um, too 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 well much me. <laughs> Adam Repley, Eternity, how are you? Eternity reminds me of someone on another platform, but I just realized you're not. But thank you so much for stopping by. Charante Carr, Empress Q, um, Shamaria Rubinek. Hello, how are you? Uh, Her Majesty Abby. Janelle, how are you? It's so nice to see you. Ellen. You were one of the first who walked in. Thank you so much for stopping by. I truly appreciate it. Romel Peters, Terry, David Robert, Elizabeth Omaria, Andrea Raquel, Asif Khan, Anthony uh, RF, Dr. Rao, Sony Parlett, Marcy Ann, and Levi. I'm sorry I'm late in announcing who is here in the room, but thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you who are following me, please feel free to ask me any questions through my platform. Um, make sure that we're all the names that I just mentioned, that we're all following each other. Um, this way, uh, if you have or are interested in sharing your story, feel free to reach out to me. Um, this, or if you have questions about the insights <laughs> of uh, working in an Ivy League school, like personal questions, um, feel free to um, submit your uh, question through an email at uh, my website is www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. So um, I am looking forward to my retirement and this will be it for now. Thank you so much.